Learn how to build your faith on God's word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the senior pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's word to work for you. This lie is so strong, so persuasive. Uh, many times we've fallen for it once in our lives or or one time or the other, some people are still inside it. In fact, I've heard many Christians tell this lie. I've heard them rehearse and say this lie because they've been told this lie for so long, they have believed it. Some even live their whole lives based on this lie. Praise God. Um, another title you can give this message is Seven Things That God Said Is Holy. Ima, you are, that discussion, eh? Can wait. Uh, on, that, on that side, we can give this series is seven things that God calls holy. But uh, this is a better title, though. But you will get the concept as we move on. Because the key thing is that we have been told a lie, and we need to now embrace the truth. Start from... So, seven things that God has said is holy. Um, the word holiness... Um, does not mean without flaw. Most of the time, when we think of holiness, we think of somebody that is, you know, wearing white, you know, is not touching the floor when he's walking, he doesn't use any negative words, all his words are spiritual words. Praise God. Some people think that's what holiness means. Um, I, shared, <laughs> I shared with them during the midweek service that one of my biggest challenges in life is anywhere I go in the world, whenever somebody needs to give me a ride somewhere, or whenever somebody's asked to pick me up or carry me somewhere, anywhere in the world, not just in Nigeria, they have a feeling that because I'm a pastor, they must play gospel music in their car. I suffer a lot. They must always do that to me. Once I just said, yeah, thank you for saving me. Thank you, my love. <laughs> they just have a need. Even taxes, even whatever. Once a person finds out, oh, this is a pastor. Thank you for Because in their mind, their idea of holiness is that we are not in touch with reality. That's what they think. That's what they think. And this is why some people don't even give their lives to Christ. They think when you're born again and when you're a child of God, it means you, 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 you don't know what's up. You know, you, 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 you're floating. You're never living in a real world. Your leg is not touching the ground. You're trying not to stain your shoe. That's what they think. So I thought I'm in the music service. <laughs> I, I don't only listen to gospel music. I don't only watch gospel TV. I watch movies. I, I, I listen to other kinds of music that are not gospel. As long as they are not vulgar. They are not using words that are, you know, not in line with scripture. They are not dehumanizing women or magnifying money. I'm okay to listen to it. There are many things that are social issues that anybody can sing about. That you're a Christian doesn't mean you must sing gospel song. Do comedians tell only gospel joke? No, they are, they, your, your, your material can come from anything in reality. If you are doing a movie, it mustn't be a gospel movie. Some of you know what I'm saying. But of course, because you are a Christian, it, 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 it should be at your foundation. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't just mean you are not re- I listen to normal music. Oh. If I, you follow me on Instagram, I, sometimes I even post those music. I even know what I'm saying. I like them. For your papa no be dangote. You go there. Ask my wife. I sing it to her every time. We go there. Okay. Oh. Amen. Hallelujah. The only issue is I won't slap a girl. For our sake, we'll join together and fight him because if he beats two of us. <laughs> Apart from that, we are okay. So I think that nothing wrong in that song. It's a good song. It's about girl what I'm saying. So, so people think, hey, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, is the sweetest that music must play. 
And that's what makes you holy. That's not holiness at all. The, 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 the word holy is talking about being separated, being set apart, being kept for special use and no more common use. That's what makes you holy. That's what holiness means. It means you, you understand that you are no longer for common use. You are set aside. You are set apart. It doesn't mean now that you're, you're not a human being again. It just means you understand spiritually that you are a special person. There are seven things God says is holy. And this is lying to what we are talking about, the biggest lie. So Genesis chapter 2, I think from verse 16. When God made man, he put them in the Garden of Eden. Um, somebody asked me sometime, where, where is the physical location of the Garden of Eden? I don't know. How does things don't concern me? You know, I, I don't know. I, said, no, I, I can't remember if I've ever studied that or researched that. It doesn't matter. He said, Lord put them in the garden. But, but, but my idea of that garden is that it has to be a beautiful place. Have you? It has to be a great place. All kinds of things there. Beautiful. And it showed us there was waters, there was fountain, there was many things from what we read about. I said there was gold there and all that. So basically it has to be one kind correct place. He says, and the Lord took the man. He says, and, um, it, and the Lord commanded the man, saying what? Of every tree. How many trees? Every tree. In the garden, you may freely what? Eat. Wow. All the trees. He said, you are free. You are free. Help me tell anybody, you are free. Tell him this way, you are free to enjoy. He said, of every tree in the garden, you may freely eat. Wow. Is this our God not good? All the, all the great things. And he said, all of them freely flex. But God in his nature, somehow, because God is into relationship. You need to understand this. That's why if you are not a relationship person, you, then you, you, you will not enjoy God. God is a relationship person. In fact, in the first place, God created us for relationship. That's why he created He doesn't need us. He could have made us as angels. Angels are like robots. They will take his command. I get what I'm saying. He made us with free will so that we can have a relationship. So that we can want him, we can choose to relate. Not that he is forcing us to say, go, go, come. Are you getting this? He said, enjoy. See the next verse. But. What's the first word there? But. Say it again louder. But. One more time, guys. But. but. 16, say freely, it's everything. Oh. 17, say But. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat that one. Because when you eat that one, you will start to die. Eat every other tree. Eat every other tree. You may freely, freely eat. Talking about freedom. Talking about enjoyment. Flexing. Flensure. Enjoy. It's a but. There's one there you must not eat. Don't touch it. Don't eat it. It might be in the garden, but it's not for you. It might be in your garden, but it's not for you. That is typical of God. Because he's a relationship person, he needs you to choose to obey him. He doesn't want to... See, you don't know yet if you're a thief until you're tempted to thief. Permit me using that grammar. It's just the best way to communicate something. Still, we spoil thief. I want to use thief. You, you, you don't know if you are a thief until you are tempted to thief. It's when you are tempted to, when you are tempted to steal and you don't steal, 
Then you can tell us you're not a thief. Until you have not, if you've had the chance to thief, you we don't know yet. How can I know if I can trust you if I've not tested you? What makes the, what, what makes something trusted is that it is what? Tested. You can't say something is trusted that has not been tested. I get what I'm saying? Do you know all these planes we enter? See, that's why eh, I like, I like, see, let me tell you guys, let me tell you something. Eh? So, I like white people. I don't like to you. And I believe somewhere in my heart that I'm white. <laughs> Seriously, and I'll tell you why. As a, somewhere I believe, I, I, I have a feeling. I like white people. And I'll tell you why. You see, see, and I believe the way God is creative. God makes all kinds of people, but he puts different strengths in different ones. So it's not all human beings that have all strength. And it's because so that all of us can bring all our different strengths and make the world make sense. That's why. If all of us have one strength, we'll be deficient in another one. So he shared it. White people, they have a knack for testing things. Do you know if there were no white people and no people that tested aeroplane? How would they? Imagine entering a plane and say, this plane, will you get to Abuja? I say, we don't know. We just know now. Will you enter that plane? No black person will enter. But you know white people, no white people volunteer themselves to test aeroplane. Hope you know that. You know many of them die. Test, this test, you volunteer yourself that you want to test. Sometimes when they even took off, they didn't even know how to land. It's take off the practice. <laughs> I said, one of the first guys that experimented on plane, there was no windshield. No windshield. Ice, his, his whole face was iced. On the air. He's testing it. You don't see black people in that kind of place. Why if they are hearing noise, they will go and check what it is. Black people are hearing noise. We all run. Call police or call army. Even the police will say, we are this in there. We're not sure. I mean, police have to go saving life before you go. It's not my God what I'm saying. So thank God for people for the experiment. So, so, so something cannot be trusted until it is what? Tested. So there's no way God is going to trust you until he tests you. That's it. He loves you. He would like to relate with you. But he wants to trust you with bigger things. But he has to also test you to be able to trust you with bigger things. Somebody gets what I'm saying, guys. There is no way something can be trusted until it is what? Tested. This chair, it, they, they tested it with people that can carry people of all sizes. I get what I'm saying. It's not, they didn't just put it together and say, sit down, everybody. No, they will test whether I can walk. Those of you that know about cars, you know that they, 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 they hit cars on the wall to test whether the airbags and co will save lives. They do it all. They use um, different things. They use dummies. But at the beginning days, there was real human beings that were volunteering and said, wear helmets, everything. Hit whether you survive. If you don't survive, they bury you. And that person, who next? <laughs> Bulletproof, they will test it. No, guy is walking. Don't worry yourself. Until they test it, they can't come and tell us, hey, buy this thing. It will save a life. They must have tested it behind. It becomes trusted. Then they can tell us to use it. It's fine. We have tested it. It is what? Trusted. So, God can't relate with you except he trusts you. For him to trust you, he needs to what? Test you. Okay. So, he told them, eat every tree of the garden. But, or except this particular one. I don't know yet if you're obedient, if you're obedient until I give you a command and you obey it. This one here, don't eat it. Eat the other ones. As many as you want. But, this one, is not for you. It's in your garden, but it's not for you. Don't eat it. And guess what? Satan came there. 
And guess what? There were so many trees in it. Pineapple, plantain, uh, orange, guava. There were trees and trees and trees. And Satan came and it's the exact tree that God told them not to eat. That he came to tell them to what? Eat. And what is the part of the biggest lie? Part of the biggest lie is when Satan tells you that when you disobey God, nothing is going to happen. He told them, did God say, no, eat this fruit? Nothing will happen. That's what it tells everybody. That it's in your care. Just because it's in your care doesn't mean it's your own. It might be with you, it doesn't mean it's yours. And don't think for one minute that you can eat something that is not yours and nothing will happen. Because that's what, that's the lie he will tell you. Oh, if you do it, nothing's gonna happen. He told them, if you eat it, you will not surely die. Did they die or not? I can't hear you. Did they die or not? Because that's what, show me what Satan said to them. He said, the serpent said unto the woman, you shall what? I can't hear you guys. Verse 4. You shall what? Did they die or not? They died. They died. He told them they won't die. They died. I don't know what he's telling you. Nothing will happen. It will happen. The bad thing will happen. It might not happen that day, but it will happen. He will come and tell you nothing is going to happen. If you disobey God, it's a lie. It's going to affect you. It might not be immediate. So that's what confuses you. Listen. Listen, some of you single people, if you don't change, you're going to have a problem in your marriage. The lifestyle you're living now cannot work in marriage. But it's your lifestyle now. So you see, you're going to already have a problem. But to you now, it's not costing you today. But I'm here to tell you. See, you've not lived long enough to know whether, whether something will cost you. The only way you know is you trust the person that knows who is God. This guy told them they won't die. When they ate the food, they didn't die that day. But hope you know that Adam and Eve were not created to ever die. They died. Maybe hundreds of years after. But they died. So, you are single now. You are not 40 years old yet. But you are doing something God said not to do. Maybe it's when you are 40. You will find out that, oh, God was right 20 years ago. But it's too late. Because you are already reaping the repercussions. I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. So, you, 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 you can't wait till you get there to know. You, you need to be wise now. Some of you, the lifestyle you are living now, you are going to have problems in your marriage. You can't live a life of lust and have a good marriage. So when God said don't lust, he's not trying to punish you. He's saying, look, that habit will destroy your marriage. You know why? Because you don't lust after what you have. <laughs> I will explain for those that didn't get it. If you are living a life of lust now, you are not married, great. When you do get married, you don't lust after what you have. So even after you are married, you will still continue lust. That's what it means. Of other people. That marriage is already threatened. Because of your lifestyle you develop now that you were single. You're having sex with multiple people, but then you want to marry and have sex with only one person. You're already in trouble. You're already in trouble now. Your multiple sex partners are put in trouble now because they will continue. They will, you marry now, you're supposed to stay only one channel. But you have reached a level watching different channel. You're already in trouble. You're in trouble already. You've never married, but your pride is in danger and you've never married it. Many married people are suffering from lifestyles they develop as single people. But when we when they were single, they thought it wasn't a partner. But now they are married, they are seeing the challenge. Who told you? When I see people say, our sex life is not good in marriage, I say, who told you? Who told you? <laughs> How do you know it's not good? Compared to what? <laughs> Compared to what? That's what God asked Adam. Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? How did you know? Compared to what? 
Say, set up, guys. Set up. He won't tell you. He will say, ah, groove now. Go to the club. I laugh some of you single girls. See, come from Manuel, both single and married. We will talk serious talk there. So of you, I'm laughing at you. You are you and your boyfriend now. Your every hangout is nightclub. I laugh at you. Should I tell you how it will play out? When you get married, you have children. You no longer will be able to go to nightclub. He will continue going to nightclub. And you know what girls do to married men in nightclub? You are in danger already. He will keep going. Both of you, your favorite hangout now is club. Mm? Your favorite hangout now is to stay out little late. Mm? You think he will stop it when you marry? When you marry, you will be too pregnant to be going to club. You will have two, three kids that need to do homework. He will go back to the girls you left there. He will go back to the girls you left there. But they are still in the club. The lifestyle. But Satan won't tell you all these things. He will say, go and groove your life. Setting you up. Big time. Come for Manuel. We'll discuss all this one. That's Manuel discussion. Hallelujah. Whether you are married or single. Manuel for both married and single women. All women. Invite your friends. Tell your people. It's this Saturday. Okay. Where were we? He said, eat all the fruit you like except this one. Satan came and said, it doesn't matter. Eat this one. Praise God. So, God said, eat everything but this one is holy. In everything God gives you, there's a part of it that is holy. The challenge is this. The moment you eat your own, and now go ahead and eat his own, you eventually lose your own. Somebody didn't get what I said. Catch it again. God will give you your own. Inside that your own he gave you, there's a part of it that is his own. If you eat your own, and now join and eat his own, you eventually lose your own. I know somebody get what I'm saying. So, when they ate the fruit, they lost the garden. They lost the garden God blessed them with. They would have stayed with the garden and enjoyed the garden till today. The whole problem started when they removed their eyes from the garden. I said, eat everything. Everything in the garden. Except one. Their eye entered that one. Once they touched that one, they did not lost. The everything. The all. Today, we are focusing on the law of the Sabbath. The Sabbath day is one of the first things God says is holy. There are seven things God said is holy. We're going to be doing them series by series. All those things, when you touch them, you destroy the one he gave you freely. By eating his own, you destroy your own. The first one is the Sabbath day. Let's look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, from verse 8 to 11. Exodus 20, verse 8 to 11. Are we there, guys? I can't hear you people. Are we here? Let's look at the screen. It says, remember what? The Sabbath day to do what? To keep it holy. Remember, holy doesn't mean without flaw. Holy means what? Special, separated, sanctified, kept aside for special use, no longer what? Common use. Basically means kept aside for uncommon use. Common use, whatever is uniform. for. This thing, God said, keep it aside. Don't use it for common use. Are you getting this, somebody? Now, um, let me just say this if I continue. Hope you know that, please, as a New Testament believer, we are no longer under the law. What that means is not that the laws are no more um, relevant. 
what the statement we are no longer under law means is that our relationship with God is no longer based on our keeping the law. It doesn't mean the law is useless. Most times the principles of the law are still valid, but just that now is no longer the basis for our relationship with God. Do we understand, guys? If you are a New Covenant, New Testament believer, you're born again Christian, you are no longer under the law. It doesn't mean you don't obey the law. What it means is that you are, that's not what qualifies you to be God's child. You are God's child because he gave birth to you. You are born again. You are not God's child because you are keeping the law. That's what they mean. It doesn't mean the law should not be kept. Are you following, guys? Because um, um, some people think when I say when longer in law, it means uh, nothing matters again in the Old Testament. That's not what they says at all. What they're saying is that, for instance, your house help or your staff is, your, is in your house because they are keeping the law. The day they start disobeying you consistently, you kick them what? Out. But your child is in your house not because of any law. He's in your house because you gave birth to him. Whether he keeps your law or not, he is your child. But he too should keep the law. because he should, he should keep the law not because it makes him your child. He should keep the law because he's your child. If you start growing in sense, you should know that, oh, if that is able to off the light when we're sleeping, it makes sense. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So the other guy, his relationship with you is tied to his obedience. For, for a child of God, you are first God's child, whether you obey or not. If you want to go to prison, God will still love you there. You see his child in prison. So that's the difference. But that's what it means when you say we're no longer under the law. It doesn't mean we discard all the things the law says. Second thing I need to tell you before I continue reading is that because in the Old Testament they were not born again Christians, they were not spiritually alive, God only could communicate spiritual truths with them with physical laws, with physical things. He couldn't speak to them spiritually because they were not spirit beings. They were just natural men. So he had to communicate spiritual truth with pictures, with physical illustrations. Is somebody get what I'm saying? So when he says to them, keep the Sabbath day holy, for us today, he will say it differently. But the principle of the Sabbath is still the same. Is somebody get what I'm saying? I can't hear you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, so let's continue. Um, let's continue reading. It says, six days shall thou labor and do your work. It says what? Go ahead. But in the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, in it thou shalt not do what? Any work. Both you, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, even your cattle, your stranger that is around you. Next verse. He said, for, I want us to read this together. I want to go. Six days, Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and did what? Rested on the seventh day. Wherefore, God did what? Blessed. That word blessed means there is a supernatural... When you see blessed, it means there is a supernatural force at work regarding that thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you see blessed, it means God's hand is upon that thing. That's why when we say you are blessed, it means you are no longer an ordinary person hustling. You are somebody that has God's backing with you. I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. That's why as Christians, we don't use the word lucky, we use the word blessed. Lucky means chance. It means it can work today, it might not work today. When you are blessed, it means it works for you all the time. I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. So, so they said, God blessed that day, meaning he released a supernatural force for that day. And he also did what? Hallowed it. Means, the word hallowed means he made it holy. Remember we've said holy, special, set aside. Now, follow this. Today, as New Testament Christians, we don't have one day that is holy. In their own time, he could not communicate this truth any other way to them, except by telling them, one particular day, don't do anything. That's the only way. In fact, God was so graphic 
in his trying to show them this principle that even him, God, that didn't need to rest, rested. The only reason why God rested wasn't because he was tired. It was the people he was communicating with can never understand this thing by by preaching. They can only understand it by God doing it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So God was not tired. But he had to rest the seventh day just to show man that, look, I'm the one that created you. And the way I created you, you are not functioned to work every day. You won't get the best out of you by working every day. So me, God, I have to rest to show you that you too need to rest. Not because God was tired. So you can have seven days a week. God is not saying you, 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 you can work with all the days, but he's saying you shouldn't. You have the capacity to work, but he says you shouldn't. So what is the translation to us today as New Testament believers? Is God saying don't go to work on Sunday? That's not what he's saying. Some of you need to go to work on Sunday. Are you here, somebody? If somebody is a policeman, for instance, he needs to work on Sunday. Imagine if no police works on Sunday. We'll all be robbed on Sunday. Imagine if no transporter works on Sunday. People that don't have cars can't get out anywhere. Imagine if no restaurant works on Sunday. I get what I'm saying. So that's not what this means. This doesn't mean you should open your... If, I, if you're an entertainer, you work on Sunday by force, whether you like or not. Sunday is the main market day, self. I get what I'm saying. In fact, in those days, as I'm here, self, I'm even working. Sunday is my work day. Somebody gets what I'm saying at all. So, in, for us as New Testament believers, Sabbath day is not a day, one day, one particular day that we don't do anything. That's not what it means. For us as believers, what God is saying is that you must, in every day, in every part of your life, in every week, in every month, whatever, you must set out time to fellowship with God. You must set out time. Inside the 24 hours God gives you, a part of that 24 hours must be spent on Him. That's a good place to clap if you get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? He gave you 24 hours. Because our own Sabbath is not like their own now. It's not that I say we won't work on Sunday or we won't no more work on Saturday. That's not what they're saying at all. You are free to do your business on Sunday if you want to do. That's fine. Imagine Nepa doesn't work on... No, Nepa doesn't even work. <laughs> but... You know, imagine if DSTV doesn't work on Sunday. Or television doesn't work on Sunday. There will be nothing to... You understand what I'm saying? Or uh, MTN and Co. doesn't work on Sunday. That means our phones won't have what? Network. So the, that's, not, that's not what they're saying here. As a New Testament Christian, what they're saying is that the principle we were teaching them was that you can't consume your whole day. You can't consume your whole life on life. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You can't consume your whole life on what? Life. You must take some part of your life and spend it with the person that gave you the life. It's like having a phone. You can't, your phone can't be with you all the time. The most of the time you will do what? Charge it. And if I get what I'm saying, you can't run your phone. You must charge it. No car can walk 24, no generator can walk 24 hours without being put off. It will blow. It will blow. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. That's what God is saying. God is saying you will break down. Your destiny will break down. Your life will break down if you consume all your time on you. There must be time set apart every day, every week, that you spend time with the person that gave you the time. Because it's in that place of personal prayer, in that place of personal 
reflection on scripture, meditation on scripture, reading. That's when God speaks about your life to you. Hallelujah. And see how it works. The part you give to him blesses the remaining of your day. If you consume his own, it causes. Because that's the opposite of blessed. If the Sabbath day was blessed, it means eating, doing something on that Sabbath day makes it cost. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So when you consume all, you actually cost yourself. And what's the lie Satan tells us? On that lie he tells us is the same one he told Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, where he told Jesus, if you are the son of God, turn this stone to what? Bread. I hope you know that bread signifies sustenance. Are you here, somebody? Bread signifies what? I can't hear you. Bread signifies what? Sustenance. So, um, even amongst guys, they call money bread. Those days, I don't know if it's not a slang now, but those days, they still use it. They call money what? Bread. Or dough. Dough is still from, is what they used to make what? Bread. Do you understand? So, bread stands for your daily sustenance. In fact, when Jesus was teaching us to pray, he said, give us this day our what? Daily bread. He was talking about, hey, we, 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 we need sustenance for every day. Our rent, our car, our this, our to eat. We need sustenance. So, bread signifies your daily sustenance. Signifies what it takes to sustain this life. Now, listen, catch this. Satan now came and said, turn stones to bread. And Jesus said, man was not designed to live off or to live by natural sustenance, money, salary alone, income alone. Listen, you know, because the lie Satan tells you is that just work, 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 work is priority. That's the lie he tells you. That your work is your priority. That's the lie he tells you. That's why you don't have time to pray at home. That's why you don't even have time to come to church. 90% of people that don't make service, their excuse is that I was at work. 90% of people that don't spend time in prayer, ask them why they couldn't pray. I had to rush out for your appointment. I had to rush out for business. I had to rush out for work. Satan is telling you the same thing. Turn your stone to bread. Keep chasing bread. Bread is what will sustain you. But Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. I'm the bread. I'm the sustainer of life. He said, man must not live or was not designed to live by bread alone. How does man live? By every word that what? Proceedeth. So as a Christian, as a human being, you don't, you are not sustained. What they are saying, you are not sustained by bread alone. I told them on the mainland, I said, the real issues of human beings' life is not money that solves it. Money doesn't discriminate between rich and poor when the real problems come. For instance, if a plane is going to crash, does the spirit of death come and say, rich people this way, poor this way, does it do that? Everybody there crashes. If cancer, does cancer say, me, it's only poor people I catch. Does cancer say that? Cancer catch both what? Rich and poor. Divorce. Does divorce say it's only problem of the rich? Does it say that? Poor people too have bad marriages. The real problems of life does not discriminate. But Satan keeps telling you if you have money, you'll be fine. That's not true. 
The real things you need for your life, only money can't solve it. But Satan tells you, just focus on bread. But Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone. I don't know if somebody gets what I'm saying. Man shall not live by bread alone. How does man live? Every word that proceedeth, proceedeth, is continuous tense. What they are saying there, they are not talking about this word of God. There are two words that refer to the word of God inside this Bible. The first one is called logos. Logos means the written word. That's the one we have here. All of us have it. The second one is called Rema. That's the specifically... Okay, it's called where is Rema. Rema, where? PC, where is Rema? It's at the back. Okay, good. The second, <laughs> the second word is called Rema. It's the specific spoken word to you. Is somebody get what I'm saying? Listen, oh, this part is important. Listen carefully. So, that scripture, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded, is talking about Rema. You can't get Rema except you spend time with God. Rema is not general what God said to everybody. Rema is what is God saying to you. And you don't know the power of Rema. Let me tell you guys, when God speaks a word to you, you will never struggle again in your life. When you see Christians that struggle with their life, they never check it well. They don't have a good fellowship time with God. By prayer time, I don't mean rehearsed prayer. I don't mean routine, rehearsed prayer that they taught you in kindergarten or in whatever. That's, I'm talking about fellowship, communion. You are talking to God. He's talking to you. Communion, relationship, not rehearsed. Our Father, which are to have... That's great, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about communion. He, you are bringing up issues. He's talking to you. It's not that every day I even come to jam in with your problem. You are, you are, you are, you are, because it's not words you speak to him. It's words he speaks to you. Somebody get what I'm saying? Because if you still have it, imagine, imagine if I have a friend of Bolo. He say, uh, our Bolo, which are the VI, we will see you. Every day I say the same thing. After a while, he won't pick my call again. Because he knows what I'm going to say. Our Demola, which are the VI, we will see you at a cool FM, five. He'll be tired. So that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a communion, a prayer fellowship. You are interacting. And you are bringing up issues. And when he speaks a word. Oh man. You need to understand what I'm saying. No? God is saying you live off A. You're having problem with childbirth. What has God told you? No, I don't mean what he told everybody in the Bible. What did he tell you? Oh. See, when they say faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's what they're talking about. When you hear from God. Faith comes. Because whenever God speaks to you, it is never mere words. Never. Every time God communicates to you, there are too many things inside that word. There's power in it. There's creative ability in it. There's faith in it. There's joy in it. When God, one encounter with God changes your life forever. When I see a Christian that is not growing, he's not hearing God. He doesn't have a prayer time that is real. If you're hearing God, you can see. You can never be the same. Never. Repeat. Never. Because in that place of prayer that he does surgery on you. It's that place of prayer that he changes you. That's where you find strength to live the Christian life. So if you are living horribly, your first problem is that you don't have a prayer life. You don't have that. You, 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 you can't. It, it, it's inside there he strengthens you to live the life. That's why he gives you strength to forgive people that have hurt you. That's why he gives you strength to, 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 to bridle your tongue. 
before he gets you in trouble. That's why he gives you strength to live for him. That's why he gives you strength to resist temptation. Because he knows in this world you face temptation. But it's in that place you charge up for the temptation coming. But if you never have that place of prayer every day, you'll be weak and weak as a Christian. You'll be the Christian that will be depressed. You'll be the Christian that will be discouraged. Whenever people come up to me and tell me they're probably, I know they've not been praying. Because if they've been praying, God will give you a word about that thing. You don't even need to see me. God will give you a word. See, my own words can encourage you, but God's word will lift you. It will lift you. His own words are not like the words of men. You need to understand. You need to understand. See, his words, his words are what created this world. How did God create this world? Words. So those words are not mere words. Those words are not a word of encouragement. When God speaks, hey, creation begins to move. So let me, let me give you a practical example. You are, you are here, you are doing a job you don't like, or you don't even have a job at all. Start spending time with God consistently. Or you, you, or you, 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 you walk home, but from the pay you are seeing, from the pay you are seeing, you know there's no hope for you. I don't know if you've ever been there. You know, many Nigerians, that's where they live. Oh. They are walking, oh, but they too know that this thing I'm earning. I'm not going anywhere with this thing. I can't even live for today with this thing. How much more have a hope and a future? It's because you're trying to live by bread. Anytime you look at bread, that's the feeling you get. Stop looking at the bread you're earning. You say you're supposed to live by the word. Some of you should have started big businesses now. You know why? You're trying to use your bread to do it. Meanwhile, what, what you should do to do it is the word you received. Oh, I don't know if somebody's getting what I'm saying. What word have you received? You've not prayed. You've not, you've not heard anything. You, 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 what word did you receive? You, you can't even just marry because you like someone. Because you like, you like her shape. You, 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 he's, he's rich. He has a good job. Yeah? What word have you received? You, that rema is what we clear the road. So, let me give you an example. So, you are doing a job you don't like or you are broke or whatever. And you are looking at yourself and saying there is no hope in this life. In fact, I have just killed myself. Or you are getting the, and God gives you a word. And says, you will start your own production company. Or you will start your own fashion company. Or you will start so and so. At the time he gives you that word, there's nothing physical in your pocket to correspond with that word. But you have that word. And you start using that word. So, you are even going to that job you still don't like, but you are no more discouraged. Your attitude has changed. You still don't like to stay in that job, but you are no longer... See, let me tell you, there are two ways to do things. Some of you want to relocate out of frustration, not because God is leading you. There are two different ways to relocate. Out of Nigeria. I know some people say, I want to go to Canada. If you are going because you are frustrated with Nigeria, you are still going to go there and be poor. And be non-effective. So sometimes, your move might still be right, but your attitude right now is wrong. Your motive why you think you want to leave the marriage is wrong. Because you have a bad attitude. Because you have no word from God to tell you that don't worry, things will be fine. And if I get what I'm saying. So when God tells you start that business, you don't have anything in your pocket, but you, 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 right now there's joy. You're bubbling. You're praying the Holy Ghost. You're excited. Because you have a word from God that tells you that you won't die on this job. You won't die like this. You won't end like this. So as you're going, see, the moment God speaks to you, resources from wherever they are. You see, they answer his voice. Because he's one that created them in the first place with words. So they answer his voice. Ask Peter. Ask Peter in the Bible. Peter toiled all night. Listen, if an Ajon man tells you he toiled all night, he didn't catch fish, you need to know he, he, has, he has tried. So I don't know Peter is a joy. It's very simple. He's a fisherman and he's hot tempered. So he's Niger Delta. There's no other way. <laughs> so Peter, Peter toiled all night. He, did, so he was an established fisherman. That's my point. He, this is family business. He has been doing it for years. Established. So that means sincerely there was no fish. It wasn't a joke. 
It wasn't out of laziness. This guy toiled all night. Do you know what that means? He walked the whole night. Not one fish. Not that the catch wasn't great. He said there was no fish. There was genuine and real and practical scarcity as there is in, in many economies of the world today. Real one. It's not fake. And guess what? Jesus comes and tells Peter, cast your net into the other side. That's all. Cast your net into this other side. Guess what? The moment the voice of the creator, remember that Jesus is the same person. Say with him, all things were made. It was the same person that made everything. When he said, there's fish. The same way they said, light be. That let there be light. That what they said, say, light be. And light bead. So, <laughs> yes. Same word. Everywhere was dark. God came and said, let there be light. The original thing is, light be. Hey, can you imagine God just comes to you and says, husband be. Your hustle will end. And that's what I'm trying to teach you. That hustle can never get what God will bring. Jesus came and said, fish be. And wherever those fishes were, all over the world, they all started assembling. They started gathering. They, start, they were dodging other business people. They were dodging other fishermen because they had a mandate. They had a mandate. They gathered together. Listen, Peter's nets broke. They, they brought his partners on. Their partners nets too broke. Their both ships were sinking. In the same river that genuinely, some hours ago, there was really no money in that economy. But when God gave a word, when a rema comes, hallelujah. Hey, that's why just saying you we don't live by bread. Because sometimes bread can fail. But when rema comes, it will manufacture bread. And the beauty of this is not just in terms of what bread can do. Sometimes your problem is not money related at all. Real problems of this. See, if money can solve a problem, you don't have a problem. When you have real problems, money can't solve it. Real problems. Hallelujah. Money can't buy a great marriage, trust me. I've been a pastor for 20 something years. I can tell you categorically. Money can't buy a great marriage. Money can buy a great wife, a fine wife, or a fine husband. Can never buy a great marriage. That I can tell you. So, I, I, I've done the job for something years. Many people that you see that you like, they are not happy. They have, they have Range Rover. They have expensive car, Benz, but they are not happy inside the Benz. Because the real problems of this life, money can't solve it. So, he said, the bread of life is the only one that can solve any kind of problem. So he said, fellowship with me on a daily basis, on a consistent basis. Spend time with me. Spend time in worship. Spend time reflecting on scripture. That's when a rema comes. The same thing happened to Peter when Jesus was walking on water. Same principle. There is no promise in the Logos. Remember, Logos is the written one. Do we remember that? Everybody needs to know that. It's very simple. Logos is this one that everybody has. It's for everybody. It's still valid. It's good. It's useful because it gives us sense. It gives a, you, you can catch something from it. It's fine. But remember, is the one God tells you concerning your specific situation. Sometimes he might still use the logo, so, but he will breathe on it so you know it's not just reading the Bible. It's God speaking specifically to you. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So the logos is things promised to all believers. Any believer can claim anything in the logos. But the remember is specific word. Your neighbor can't jump on it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Oh. Rema, eh? Two people can be walking. If I have Rema, you don't. I will enter somewhere, survive. You will enter, you die. Because you have no Rema. You have nothing sustaining you there. Ask the, the children of Egypt. There was Red Sea, parted. Children of Egypt, they passed. They had a word that passed there to part. Egypt wanted to follow. No Rema. 
They died there. So there's no promise in this logos that says you can walk on water. That means you now as a Christian, you can't just wake up and say there's traffic in Tormila and you just enter water and say you want to cross. You will die. However, however, when Peter saw Jesus walking on water, he said, Master, if it's you, tell me. Not that I claim it in Jesus' name, I'm going to walk on water. Hey, by fire above. No. He said, give me a word. If you give me a word, I'll walk on water. If you give me a word, I'll thrive in this economy. If you give me a word, I'll open a bigger business. If you give me a word, I'll get married. Give me a word. Say, give me a word. That's what you ought to be doing in your prayer time. Say, Lord, give me a word about my marriage. I'm single for too long. I'm tired. I want to have my children. I want to do Give me a word. That's what Peter said. Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said what? Come. From when that word was released. Remember, <laughs> this is the same person that said, light be. There was nothing called light that time. Say, light be. And light be. This is the same person that called everything we see today. Sky, sun. This sun we all fear. He called it sun. Come. Sun appeared. That same person. You want to walk on what I say. Give me a word. And he says, come. That sea. That water. Suddenly hardened under Peter. It became cement. He has no choice. And Peter walked on water. I wonder what God wants to tell you that you've not sat down with him for him to tell you. You are complaining about the economy. You are not broke because of the economy. You are broke because you don't have a rema. You've not spent time with him. Your business is crawling. Sit down. That's why you can't spend the whole days in the shop. Oh, it's not by how many days you stay in the shop. You need to spend some time away from the shop. So that by the time you come to the shop, you have a word. And you can tell your staff, look, this was going to happen. This was gonna... Because you've heard God. Not that you're as confused as them. They say, I want to go to say, no, no, we are confused. Because <laughs> the average person, the light doesn't tell you that stay in the shop. If you can stay there more, you'll make it more. Sometimes you need to be away from the shop for you to walk. And, and I'll close with this. And this is, this is powerful. When God says that Sabbath day or that principle is blessed, whenever you do it, it's blessed. It means when you also break it, it's cost. What it means is this. In Exodus 16, the children of, something happened to the children of Israel. They started receiving manna for the first time. Manna is that flaky, flaky thing God started giving them as food when there was no food in the wilderness. And God told them explicitly, clearly, that only take for every day. Don't take for tomorrow. Take only the one you will eat today. That's what God told them. And of course, the Nigerians amongst them. <laughs> they had some Nigerian Jews there. <laughs> the Nigerians amongst them began to gather for the next day. Now nah, this thing can scarce. This one that they didn't come for debate, so <laughs> I don't know their plans. <laughs> so I don't know their plans. Let's save for the rainy day. <laughs> Praise God. Guys, we need to take our country back. Home. We need to take it back. And when, when Satan wants to wipe out something, that's how he does. That's how he does. We're getting there. We're getting, I don't know if it's going to be this election, but we're getting to the end of that era, that, that, that time. Pharaoh will soon go. And Pharaoh is not a person, it's a spirit that has held Nigeria bound. We're we are too, we too smart. There are too many smart people in this country for the trash we are accepting. Too many, too many, too many smart people. And, and Pharaoh will soon, Pharaoh's head will soon be cut off. Mm. And the Joshua's and the Moses will arise. And they will set God's people free. 
in the name of Jesus. So, where was I, Jerry? I'm doing my best not to get angry. Yeah? Yeah, so, the man at Jerry, so some Nigerian center, I said, oh, let's keep for the next day, it can be scarce. The Bible said, all the ones they kept for the next day, by the next day, maggots had entered it. Simply meaning they couldn't use it. They couldn't eat it. Even though they kept it, they couldn't use it. When the Sabbath too came, he told them the same thing. He said, look, because it's Sabbath, I will permit you only on the sixth day to gather for two days. Every other day, gather for one day. But on the Sabbath, I bless it. See, you told after the when you hear blessed, it means there's a supernatural force working with that thing. Do you understand? Beyond the normal. So, where, so because the Sabbath day is blessed, if they take two that day before the Sabbath, it will not spoil like the other ones. It's supernatural, guys. And if you're a Christian, you don't even believe in the supernatural, then I wonder what you mean, what you even think Christian is. So, <laughs> because everyone's like, I say you're Christian, and you're, you, don't, you don't understand that there's a divine force working for us, and in us, and with us. If you don't understand it, then what, what, what is Christian? What do you think Christian means? So, because that day is blessed, if you take two for that day, as it, it will, God will enter it as it normally does. Because on this Sabbath day, it's blessed. It will be fine that day. Now, see the thing that now happened. Of course, you know some Nigerians, they will try and break the rule. Now, but see what happened. They said, people that took more than they needed, and people that took less than they needed, that when the day still came, they all still had the same. Hallelujah. They said, those that took more, DJ, please find it for me, it's in that Exodus system. And look for it in NIV. So those that took more and those that took less, at the end, they still came together. What's the principle? Every time you use the time you're supposed to spend either in your private place of worship and prayer or the time you're supposed to spend to come to church or be in church, you use it to go and hustle. They are saying that that thing will still not amount to much. Margot will still enter it. You might not lose that money that week. You might not lose that extra money that month. But down the line, down the line somewhere, just like the way Satan told Adam Eve that they won't die, and hundreds of years after they died, down the line, that extra money you're using God's time to make, it won't amount to much for you. Something, mechanic might take it, landlord might take it by increasing your rent. Something is going to take it. That's what they're saying. He took at this here. He said, and when they measured it by the armor, the person who gathered much did not have what? Too much. And the one who gathered little, they don't have what? Too little. Everyone gathered just what? It's still level to exactly what you need. Many of you are, in other words, the time you, got, the time you should have told people, oh, I can't take this job, or I can't be at a meeting by this time, it's my, it's my time of retreat, or it's my time to be in church. If you, if you, in quote, miss a business to be in church, or to do something you need to be doing spiritually, God is saying, look, I will still compensate. You won't lose that money. Even if these particular people don't give you that money, I will go around and still balance it for you. It will balance. If you, if you want to be a Nigerian hustle and quickly go and take it, he said you will still somewhere lose it back. Because it will still be the same thing I wanted to give you in the first place I was to give you. You will still lose it. Either you give a doctor, you give a mechanic, but you will give somebody. You will not consume it. Because you can't eat it. It's not yours. It's a supernatural principle. When you eat the time. So it's like God giving you 24 hours. He says, inside your 24, find me something. And you say, brah. No time. You, you see how funny that looks? God that gave you 24. You didn't have anyone before. You were not a human being before. You were not alive. 
He woke up, woke you up, and gave you 24 hours. Because every day you woke up, you hope you know people sleep and don't wake I hope you know that. Okay, is anybody here that knows where you go when you sleep? Can I see your hand? You know where you go when you sleep? I'm not talking about those that are witches, though. I mean, no matter human being. If you're a witch, I know you know where you went to now. You know now. You know, you go meeting. I mean, no matter human being. How many of you know where you go when you sleep? I don't know if it's only me, but when I sleep, I'm suspended, Abby. Except you are dreaming. But if you're not dreaming, most times you are. That, uh, those hours, you are totally oblivious of where you are and what is happening. Do you understand? So you, 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 have not, you, you can't account for it. You, it's not, it's not, that one is not your, your, your control. So every time you wake up, it means somebody woke you up. Not alarm clock. Somebody, you, 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 you can't say I wake up. You, you can't say I wake up. You don't have the right to do that. You don't even know where you went to. You don't even know what you were doing when you were sleeping. Somebody woke you up and gave you another 24 hours that today. I hope you'll be wiser with this 24 hours. Then they give you that 24 hours. The person that gave you said, please, can you find me something? Inside these 24 hours that I said to you. And you say, brah. You're not loyal, man. You're not loyal. For no time. You share all the time and you don't have for the person that gave you the time. That's why I say you are not yet trusted. You are not trusted. Because to be trusted, you have to be tested. That's why it, it tests you every day. 24. Take 24. Take 24. So to say you are doing work, and work is the reason, bread, chasing bread, is the reason why you don't have time to chase the bread of life. You are still not trusted. Until you can balance your time, there are probably some things you need to cut low. You are going to, because nobody works 24 hours. There's something you need to cut off. To have time for the person that gave you the time. And see, and he's asking for the time, not because he's greedy. He's saying, look, eh, if you give me out of that time, it blesses the remaining with you. If you eat my own, you can now eventually lose your own. So, you, you, are, you are doing so much activity, you are not moving forward commensurate to the activity you are putting. But if you spend time with him, it blesses the remaining movement you do. And that one now gains a result. So, he's asking for a small time to bless the rest with you, not because... He is greedy. No, he wants to bless the remaining time. But you can't eat his own. You can't eat your own and eat his own. It will be cost, it will cost your own. Is somebody gets in this? Man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded. Make up your mind today. Make up your mind today that you will spend time with God. There are so many things God wants to tell you guys. So many things. So about your life, about your destiny. And you see, God is so interesting. If you never come, he will never say it. He will just be looking at you that, hey, I'm waiting for you. I'm here whenever you are ready. Some of you, I know you don't, you see, God has a plan. Until, until you come, he will never tell you. He will allow you, because he has given you freedom. He has given you free will. He will just be watching you. But I dare you, eh, try this January now. Set time apart. Every day. It might be morning or night. Whatever works for you. I usually prefer morning for many people because distractions start in the day and before you know it, you can't find time. So morning is good. But if you can't do morning, do afternoon, do night. Whatever works for you. Even if it's 30 minutes in a day, just, just spend time, worship him, talk to him, pray. Especially those of you that pray in the Holy Ghost. If you don't pray in tongues yet, please get somebody to minister, to pray for you, to minister to you. It, it helps the communion. It helps the fellowship. Because that way you can be praying the Holy Ghost for, for a long time without even you know, thinking of what you're saying. You can be praying the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will be speaking through you and to you. 
Is somebody getting this? When you, when you, when you spend time like that, one thing that will start happening, you'll start getting specific words concerning your life. Oh, it makes a world of difference. It's not all of us that are afraid of the economy. It's not for us that are afraid of Nigeria. Some of us have a word. Some of us already have a word of things we'll do next year. So that means this Nigeria can't scatter this year. Because otherwise, that word will be null and void. But some of you are afraid that you don't even know how tomorrow you say nobody knows tomorrow. Yeah, you now you don't know tomorrow. You are scared because you have no word over your life. Hallelujah. Go and spend time. Make up, make up your mind to spend time every day. Time, personal in prayer, then also time to be in church. Don't come late to service. If service starts 10, it's, it's actually rude to have an appointment with God and you come one hour late. It's rude. You don't do it with your president. You don't do it with president. It's rude. You know time of service, plan ahead. It's an appointment you should look forward to because you are coming to receive a word from God. All the people that cause us problems in church are people that don't have a personal prayer life. So when they come to church, they bring God their problem. If, 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 if you were talking to God, sometimes God would have spoken something to you. By the time you come to church, you see the preacher just confirm it. You'll be like, wow. Wow, that was my word right there. That's what makes Christianity sweet. But every time you, you, you come with no word, no direction, you're waiting for me to... See, my messages can't cover everybody's problem in one day. Sometimes when you come to church, what we're discussing is not your own problem at that time. So but you can get your daily bread from your place of prayer before you even come. I guess what I'm saying. If you have marriage problem, we might be discussing money. That might not concern you. Then maybe a month will come. We're doing marriage months. We're teaching marriage other month. You are unemployed. That whole month is, is waste to you. Guys, they're talking about marriage. They're saying, look, I'm okay. It's work. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So I, there's no way. No, no human being can feed you as much as God can feed you spiritually. You must have a place of meeting with him. He's the bread of life. Some of your problem is health. Who's going to talk about? You, you need to hear him. And the beauty of his own is that when he speaks, everything is inside that word. Your healing is inside it. His word is always packed. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just talk to God? While you are seated right on your seat, just take one minute and say, Father, I want to give me the, the strength to develop this habit of spending time personally with you every day in prayer and in studying your word, in reflecting on your word. David said, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after, to, to stay in God's presence every day of my life. Paul said, this one thing that I do, forgetting things that are past, I press into the calling that I have. Jesus said, one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, to sit at the feet of the master, hearing his word. Lord, give us that strength. There are so many things you have for us, so many aspects of our destiny that we don't know. And we are hustling and suffering. So many aspects. Father, stay in our hearts. That hunger and desire. That hunger and desire. Man, they so cobaya. Oh Lord, help your people. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Eh? That, that place is also where you are corrected as a Christian. That's why sometimes the pastor, some people think, some people come to me sometimes and report some cases. Sometimes I don't do anything. I just pray and let the Holy Ghost work on that person. See, there are some cases in your life no human being can should interfere. I'll say that again. There are some things going on in your life no human being should what? Interfere. Because human beings will just make it worse. It's only God that can interfere in it and reach you in the way that no other person can reach you. Somebody gets what I'm saying? 
I remember when I was a young Christian many years ago. I told you, this, I've said this many times. I stole it when I was not born again, rather. I stole a chessboard, computer chessboard from someone, a very fine one. That time it was one of the best in the whole country. It was, it was a new release, and his uncle from abroad that time, you know, bought it for him. So it was very fine. And me and my friends stole that chessboard. I'm the, I'm the only person that plays chess well, so the, I was the one that organized the stealing. We stole the chessboard. And I was enjoying this chessboard. Computer chess, beautiful stuff. That time there was no, there were no real computer. So to have a computer chess was something really expensive, something great. I was enjoying it. And, and I became born again some months or years after that. I can't remember. And I became born again. So one day in my prayer time, I was just having a great time of worship. Oh, Lord, we just worship your name. Because you can't be enjoying that chessboard. I said, what? I said, go and return that chessboard. I said, let's worship, Lord. Leave chessboard. I said, no, go and return the chessboard. You see, you see, you see, no human being could have told me that. I said, no, you, it's something you stole when you were not born. So, you see, some of you are trying to use a stolen money. You're a four one person. Money you made from stealing, you want to use to invest in business that you want God to bless. <laughs> God, you're laughing. Who do you think? Who do you think I am? God ain't gonna bless that. You have to really repent and restore and, and drop all those nonsense and start with God afresh. Alright, it's doing blessed. I have, I have a son that met me during the week. He was working somewhere. He was stealing money from the place and he used to buy a car. He said he wants to, he wants to turn everything. He wants to turn the car. He, wants, he just want to use the car. He never used the car. He said he won't use it. I didn't tell him. I didn't know. But you see, the Holy Ghost knows what you are doing that you need to stop or else you can't get to where you want to get to. He knows. You can't be sleeping with this married man and you're praying for a husband. You will get a husband, but you, not the type you want. Not the type you want. You get the one that's a punishment for what you did. Who don't get that? So there's all those cases that I hear about. There are people I've heard about in this church that even do charms. I just pray for you. I can't, I can't confront you because, number one, from the way I knew, I can't tell you this person told me. So I'll just pray for you. The Holy Ghost will tell you that you, you, you're a Christian. You are, you are wearing all these things that guess you are doing different charms to, ha- to catch men. The kind of man you can catch is not the kind of one you want to marry. When it turns to mumu, you don't want that. Mm. I see Christians that have charm that their mother gave them, their father gave them, and you're born again Christian. You need to let the Holy Ghost convict you. Say, go and drop that thing. Stop. Go. Stop. What, this drinking, what's it doing for you? Because I can preach you 100 years, you are, you are still inside Starbucks until the Holy Ghost tell you. That what, what are you achieving with it? Where are you going with this thing? Where are you going with this thing? Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's why I say, Christian, be slow to judge people. Because what you might have heard might be true, but God is saying, just shut up and stay where you are. It's none of your business. I'm working on this person. I'm working on this person. And who they might have been last year is not who they will, they might have, they might be now. But you, you are still using what you heard. So don't do that. Because whether I like it or not, you two are work in progress. So something you just allow God say, Lord, you deal with this issue. Because if I interfere in this, thing, I'm going to mess this thing up more than this. So some of you wives, you even see something in your husband's for whatever. Sometimes they eh, don't react quickly. Some of you, your reacting quickly even makes him now intensifies his security services. Leave him. He's the one that will use his own hand to enter the trouble that he will use his own hand to come and ask for you to help him come out of. But some of you react too quickly. Let the Holy Ghost say, Holy Ghost, I, I see what's going on, but I trust you. Trust you to resolve this issue. And you keep praying about it and keep watching it without doing anything about it. 
Somebody get what I'm saying? That guy, that guy, he wants to, he wants to sell that car. He says he's not going to use that car. Because he, he can't use the car he has, you know. So he can't use it. He by himself. No, they, they didn't catch him. Just say, I'm going to stop it. The one that they caught you and you're crying. That, we're, not, we're not sure. You might be crying because they caught you. Not because you, has, you, you want to stop it. So there's a difference. Did you, you didn't cut me. <laughs> my, my, my business. <laughs> don't, I don't know if you get what I'm saying, guys. It's in that place of prayer, eh? God starts to make your heart soft. You sensitize. You see that person you're keeping malice with. Call her. Call her now. Call her this morning. And make peace. Mm, call her. You don't have to be her close friend, but don't have that atmosphere of malice. Say, call your mother. Call your father. Call that person. Be civil with that person. Stop quarreling with that person. Stop gossiping about that person. It's in that place of prayer God does such surgery. No one can happen during service. It happens in your personal place of prayer. He corrects you. Corrects you. Saying you, something is now wrong with your head. You are getting too proud. Hallelujah. Don't ever play with it. It's a time you should crave. You should always crave for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, give us a heart that is always hungry for you. That is always stirred for you. Stirred up for you. Stirred up for you. That's, it's in that place of prayer that you master how to hear his voice. Some of you say you don't know when God's speaking to you. Oh, start spending time with him. You will know. You will know. I can never forget the first few times God spoke to me. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It set me free. Give me clarity about my life. He speaks to all his children. You just have to be ready. You have to hunger and thirst for it. You have to spend time with him. He will speak. There's so many great things about your business, your career, your life. You have not lived long enough to know. But ask him. He's the Arubo Joy. He's the ancient of days. He's in your past and he's in your future. Ask him. Ask him the way. Ask him what to do. Ask him about the issues troubling you. The questions you always have. Ask him in the place of prayer. He will be bringing you answers. There's nothing as sweet. When God speaks to you, he brings joy. You can't be depressed and you hear God. It's not possible. He brings joy. He brings strength. He tells you forgive people. Love people. Let that thing go. The money they are on you, say let it go. Don't let it hinder our relationship. Because as long as you keep that hatred and bitterness, it will stop what I want to do. I will compensate you for whatever you've lost. So let it go. The person that jilted you, say forget him, forget her. I'm going to give you somebody better. And yet, I don't want you to hold it against her or him. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. I pray for everyone that is sound of my voice today. Lord, I ask that you give us a hunger and a thirst for your word. Thank you, Father, because you will bless us even beyond what we have ever imagined. Whatever distracts us from giving you a peace of the 24 hours you have given us. Lord, we remove those distractions in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I pray that there will be a specific rema for everybody under the sound of my voice. All the issues troubling you, God will speak a word to you in the name of Jesus. That business that is struggling, God will give you clear instructions in the name of Jesus. That worry, that thing that is making you worry and be concerned and making you afraid, God will give you clear instructions in the name of Jesus. A rema will come for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, 
you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412. Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.